work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. Well, I have to say the Twitter files story is perhaps one of the biggest stories I have ever seen. It's it's up there with uh, <laughs> the JFK assassination and a whole bunch of other things. And it's interesting because it's all coming out at the same time. On December 15th, there's a deadline uh, approaching about the JFK files. And we're already learning that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA asset. We already know that now. Uh, We always suspected it, but now we know that Lee Harvey Oswald was uh, working on behalf of the CIA uh, related to Cuba and was in Cuba and in Mexico City where they hatched a plan uh, uh, for the assassination. And, you know, you can't tell me that a CIA asset that's working for the CIA, who then says in his last words, I'm a patsy, and finds himself on the fifth floor of a book depository on the specific corner where the president's motorcade is about to take a sharp left turn at its slowest speed with a rooftop top off. You can't make those sets of coincidences up. Especially when the people that are making the coincidences are part of a government that's as grossly corrupt as you could possibly ever imagine. So I only bring that up as a precursor to the Twitter files because it sounds almost implausible that someone can maintain this level of conspiracy and not leak anything. And then we realize that The leaks that are happening and the things that happen, nothing is by chance. That everything that we're seeing is orchestrated. That these leaks that you do get are purposeful. They call them trial balloons sometimes, but nevertheless, nothing is by accident. Everybody who's involved with this government conspiracy 
colluding with private companies using and you know this isn't the first time that they democrats have used the democrats this were the, the state and local democrats in the south literally wrote the racist segregationist jim crow laws themselves and colluded with private industry to advance their unconstitutional rules and laws and guidelines. And the same doggone group, the Democrats, they pushed the COVID mandates, the COVID vaccine mandates, the COVID masks, the separation, the segregation. They advanced the divisiveness of Black Lives Matter, trying to separate and destroy uh, and, and fragment the black community <clears throat> because black conservatives were useless to the Democrats. So they strategically emboldened a larger percentage of the black population into being victims and gave them this, this, uh, they, they bought their influence with, with tax dollars, reparations, they call it. And they tease all this money in front of you without really ever making you better. But they just tease you with it. They say that we, if we could only gain more power, we can pull this off. We can make things right for you. You've been a victim. We have your back. And meanwhile, all they're really doing is they're offending the black communities that have personal responsibility, that pull, pull themselves up by their bootstraps, that work hard every day, that keep a clean house, that raise fine ch- children. And they separate those two groups. <clears throat> it's political ideology that's, being, uh, that, that's the divider, not skin color, not gender. And now we learn that they've catered to the trans and the, the LBGTQYXYZ. And, and uh, there's a guy named Yoel Roth that wrote a dissertation at Penn that's just nonsensical. And Penn has a policy as of 2015 that says any dissertation that's av- uh, should be made available to the public until Yoel Roth wrote his, and then they decided to say no more. You know, Jonathan Gruber was the guy that was at Penn, MIT uh, economist. And he said, we're going to depend on the stupidity of the American voter to pass the tortured Obamacare law. Again, treating people like peasants and fools to pass laws that control because they control you with their health care. They control you with their health scare. They control you with their climate regulations. And why in the world these people have one ounce of credibility left to where they could pass anything with the approval of the American people is beyond me. Over the weekend, I just spoke with uh, some liberal friends. And I have to tell you, 
<clears throat> they were clueless as to what was happening because they only watch MSNBC and CNN. They didn't know anything about the Twitter files. The biggest news story on the planet, they knew nothing about it. And they're sort of in the know. They're super well educated. Ivy League educations. And in the business of politics. And yet still didn't know. It's so discouraging to think also that this collusion with the FBI and this censoring of people, great, lead, great Americans like Rudy Giuliani, when they had the goods and the facts that could change the outcome of an election because the Bidens really are disgusting human beings. And to think that someone like Dinesh D'Souza for 20,000 measly dollars where he orchestrated to get a few people together to, to raise enough money to help a Senate candidate in New York who had no chance of winning, mind you. No chance of winning. I said this. I said 20,000 measly dollars for a New York U.S. Senate GOP candidate who had no chance of winning resulted in jail time for Dinesh D'Souza. Compare this crime to big tech's attack on conservatives in four election cycles worth billions of dollars in FTX laundering, censorship, deplatforming, and mega Zuckerbuck election rigging and donations. What the Twitter files reveal should amount to criminal actions if D'Souza is any example. Dinesh D'Souza was sentenced to five years of probation and ordered to pay a $30,000 fine for directing associates in 2012 to make $20,000 in contributions to New York candidate Wendy Long, who lost to Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. D'Souza's sentence also required eight months of his probation as a resident of a community confinement center and one day of community service per week for his entire five-year probation. How, how crazy is that? That's absolutely stunning. Now think about what should happen to Zuckerberg and his Zuckerbucks. $400 million. That was an illegal contribution because it involved hiring personnel that was rigging elections in Wisconsin and in Georgia. And uh, you think about what's going on in Arizona right now. And you think about FTX and the monies that wound up in the pockets of Katie Hobbs. And when you think about uh, the collusion where Katie Hobbs was able to get Twitter executives to censor uh, messaging related to her opponent and related and bad press related to her. And think about that in uh, that's 2022. There was the 2020 election rigging. There was a 2018 midterm election rigging. And we know this has been going on since at least 2016. No, probably 2012, 2014. We know it because we know what happened with Hillary Clinton's 
uh, Russian hoax story and how they're perpetuating the Russian hoax story, but they were squashing the email scandal and the, and, and the cover-ups. So, <clears throat> you know, how many times have I been censored? And this is only Twitter. Twitter actually was the smallest of the social media giants. YouTube and Google and Facebook are worse. And they're all doing it. Think about the election value. Think about the uh, federal election contribution value associated with that and compare that to Dinesh D'Souza's measly 20,000 for one Senate seat where she had no chance in New York. Conservatives don't win in New York. And think about that. They threw the book at him. He had to get a pardon from uh, Donald Trump. Dinesh D'Souza did. And these people are just walking the streets among us with this arrogant attitude. And Kirby's up there lying on behalf of the Pentagon. Shame on these people. Shame on these people and the government for colluding. The FBI now. They set up a Slack channel. You know what Slack is? Slack is something that's uh, a communication tool for groups that works out of a cloud. It's a really nifty tool. Almost every company uses it. Um, It's called Slack. And that's how people communicate as part of teams, you know, especially in the age of remote working. And they had Slack channels set up with the government and big tech to the point where they were making jokes about it, how they were in on the inside of a secret society that was rigging elections. If that's not rigging elections, I don't know what is. But that wasn't even enough because they didn't count on Trump actually being a bigger megaphone than Twitter itself. So they figured out ways to get rid of Trump. They figured out ways to get rid of um, Matt Gates. They tr- figured out ways to get rid of so many people. Censorship wasn't enough, though. And, you, you know, every one of these people, you could look at them. You could look at their DNA, and you could see what a twi- twit, what a twerp, what a little weasel that person is. You could just look at that person with their arrogant attitudes and their liberal biases. There's nothing fair about them. There's nothing American about them. They just feel like they're entitled. It's absolutely incredible. But when you compare it to someone like Dinesh D'Souza, it becomes a bigger idea. Now, Fox News reported this. Twitter files reveal... Trump ban came after Mike, Big Mike. Remember Big Mike, the first lady? Big Mike, the Michelle Obama? Twitter files revealed Trump ban came after the Obamas pressured Twitter. Huh. Wow. Talk about a corrupt son of a gun. The Obamas, man. They're as bad as the Bidens. As dumb as the Bidens, too. Really. Because they're just a bunch of criminals. But this is what you get. So Twitter files reveal Trump ban came after Michelle Obama. Others pressured the company. Journalist Michael Schellenberger reported Twitter faced 
internal and external pressure before banning Trump on January 8th. So that's pretty disgusting. Right from the top. Good old First Lady Big Mike. Disgusting. What a disgusting human being that person is. Um, and it gets it gets even worse. We have a bunch of clips we want to play. But what were they covering up also? You know, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney is calling for an end. Mitt Romney is calling for an end to, what is he calling an end for? He's calling an end to the Hunter Biden uh, investigation. <laughs> Maybe it's because his son, Matt, is knee deep involved in Ukraine and in Russia. And there's a chart here. It says Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, as shown in this profile of a company uh, of the Burisma company, between 2014 and 2019, the largest gas trading company in Ukraine. So interests are also in the West. Former CIA Kofor Black is an advisor to Mitt Romney, and Kolomoisky, Zelensky's right hand man, is a business partner with Zelensky. So they were all on the board at Burisma. And Kofor Black, he was um, he was a part of the CIA as well. He was a director, former CIA official, Kofor Black. He was also Mitt Romney's advisor. And basically, Mitt Romney's the financier. And Kofor Black is the boots on the ground guy. He's sort of like the foreman. He's sort of like the operations guy. And Hunter was sort of that guy, too, selling access and privileges. And together, they put all the pieces of the pie together. And they were making a mint. So Joe Biden was coercing the leadership in Ukraine to take care of Burisma and not investigate Burisma or withhold a billion dollars in taxpayer dollars. Meanwhile, you get these other operatives that are financiers and uh, making investments. Kofor Black and Mitt Romney made a truckload of money in Afghanistan selling weapons. And they did the same thing in Ukraine. You know, because American policy was that we couldn't go to war. Direct, we couldn't uh, offer up weapons that would be used against Russia or be a direct conflict between the United States and Russia. So therefore, it opened up opportunities on the black market for people like Mitt Romney to buy his way in and basically have a monopoly and a huge demand on products that were really hard to get, like black market military industrial complex products that needed upfront seed money to get started and manufactured, then would be disseminated through operatives. So that's where Kofor Black and and that's where Matt uh, uh, Romney uh, were working hand in glove, and Mitt was just the money guy. So no way do they want anything to be looked at there. And we saw, we listened to an audio tape of Hunter uh, Joe Biden talking with Pornchenko during Trump's transition after Trump won the election, but while he was still president-elect, 
and going in there and saying Trump can't, <clears throat> you're you're not to go with and work with Privy Bank or IMF um, because you're you're not to ask for any money right now because Trump will get too sophisticated. He'll get sophisticated enough to understand if, if you ask for money that he's going to have to investigate. And then he'll get more sophisticated about the operation, and that would be a problem. And Joe Biden also threatened, he's like, your physical security and your political livelihood, everything will go down in smoke. If you ask America for money and America does its due diligence in looking into why it is that we're going to give you the money and look into the books and see the corruption that was going on. Because it wasn't covered up. Nobody thought that Trump was going to win. So they never bothered to, you know, get rid of all that stuff. And it's it's funny because, you know, Jim Baker, one of the F, former FBI counsel, was working at Twitter and covered up a lot of stuff. But apparently didn't cover it all up. So we have a, um, a few audio clips that we're going to be playing today. Uh, some really good ones. This uh, person called the rabbit hole says, fix the MSM while, while you're at it. So this is just the case in point where um, they got these headlines like Vox. It says, the effect of Black Lives Matter protests on coronavirus cases explained. Harley, you know, Black Lives Matter protests have not led to a spike in coronavirus cases, right? Meanwhile, on the flip side, Forbes, Vox, New York Times, uh, 38 Capitol Police officers test po- positive for COVID-19 after Capitol riot. The attack on the Capitol may have also been a super spreader. So Black Lives Matter doesn't spread, I guess, but Trump, Trump patriots, they're big spreaders. You see the difference in the news cycles there? House GOP leader suggests without evidence that protests are given are driving up coronavirus cases, right? And they're talking about Black Lives Matter. That's CNBC. COVID killing nearly 3,000 in U.S. every day as CDC warns of surge event from Capitol riots. Right? <laughs> That's, and I can go down and do the same thing with the Wall Street Journal, The Verge, CNBC, New York Times, ABC News, NBC News, The Insider, USA Today, CNN, and Vox. It's a whole grid there. And I could just go ahead and one example after the other. It's insanely biased. It's insanely biased. So former FBI counsel Jim Baker should be locked up and the FBI should be listed as a domestic terror organization. Do you agree? Baker's lies and election interference. Exonerated HRC before FBI interview. Approved false FISA application. Approved false FISA application. Met with Page, Strzok, and McCabe to discuss invoking the 25th Amendment. Subject of FBI investigator general probe of leak info. He was the subject of that. Suppressed Biden laptop story. So no wonder there's no justice going on because he was former counsel. He was one of the investigators investigating his cronies. 
And I just don't understand how you can hate Trump so much just because he hurts your feelings. I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. So there's an interview here that I wanted to hear. Um, <clears throat> there was, there's a bunch, actually. Well, Trump was always right. Let's take a listen to Trump. He talks about Yoel Roth, and we're going to talk about Yoel Roth here in a minute. But Donald Trump knew that the threat Yoel Roth posed to free speech over two years ago. He was right all along. And here it is. I'm going to play this clip, and then we're going to start playing um, a bunch of sound bites that are going to be pretty good. Uh, here's one. This is our, this is the arbiter, this guy is the arbiter of what's supposed to go on Twitter. He's the one he thought that, uh, he thought, and if you use CNN as a guide, CNN, which is fake news, he uses CNN as a guide. His name is Yoel Roth, and he's the one that said that uh, mail-in balloting, you look mail-in, no fraud, no fraud, really? Why don't you take a look all over the country? There's cases all over the country. If we went to mail-in balloting, our election all over the world would look as a total joke. It would be a total joke. There's such fraud and abuse, and you know about harvesting, where they harvest the ballots and they go and grab them and they go to people's houses and they say, sign here. No, it doesn't work out. Now, an absentee ballot, you can't be there or you're sick, and you go and you register and you do all sorts of things to get that ballot. And there's good security measures. But when they send out, like in California, millions and millions of ballots to anybody that's breathing, anybody in California that's breathing gets a ballot. But, Mr. President, that's not true. So here, here, excuse me, wait a minute, I'm not finished. So here's your, uh, here's your man. And that's on Twitter. Uh, and that was a New York Post article right there. Because they knew firsthand who was censoring them, right? About the Hunter Biden laptop and whatnot. But... You know, the thing is, is that um, this is what I've been saying all along. This is, the, this is how they're rigging the elections. They have these online registrations. They have teams in India and bots that, and automatic computer systems that are registering from databases ID numbers that they're getting, whether they're dead or alive, whether you're legal or illegal. It doesn't matter. If you're in some sort of a database, they're going to get you registered. And once they get you registered, they aren't asking whether you want a ballot. They're sending the ballot out to you and to the address that they put down. And oftentimes those addresses are very convenient. So the ballot goes out to a destination and then the ballot harvester has 30 days to pick up and process the ballots. So they just pick them up and they collect them. And they get paid for their work, these ballot harvesters. And they drop them off in the thousands, like, like Dinesh D'Souza was talking about, these mules. And it's true. It's on videotape. They've been doing it. But this is how they're, and these, these votes are then picked up in certain um, boxes and they're put aside and counted last because if there's ever an audit or something like that, um, you don't want these ballots to show up 
Uh, you don't want to use these ballots if you can avoid using them. But you could use them if you need to. And so you already know, okay, how many votes do we need? 12,000. Well, there's a box right there that has 10,000 in it. Every box has 10,000. So give me two boxes. Just, you know, maybe an extra eight for good measure. So give me two boxes of um, of those ballots, and we'll bring them into Maricopa County, and, and uh, they'll use them as needed. That'll be enough to win. That'll be enough to get us to the plus a little, couple of percentage points so we don't have to have a runoff. See, it's that kind of thing. And they started this with COVID. That's what, that's what they did COVID for. They knew that they, the COVID was going to ruin Trump's economy. They were going to use COVID against them. They installed, they had infiltrating the White House, a guy like Fauci. Incidentally, it's interesting, but um, Elon Musk said, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. That got about a million likes. It was unbelievable over the weekend. And I'm telling you, the Fauci files are going to be next. And we're going to know that Rand Paul was correct about all of that. Let's take a listen to some analysis here um, with respect to the, uh, the, the uh, this is, well, this is going to be the latest here. Let's see. I'm going to play, um, this is one from Fox and Friends just today. Uh, and I, I had it queued up. So we'll take a listen to this report. Basic news report, but it's the latest information. Top Biden administration officials in damage control mode now after the files revealed weekly meetings between Twitter higher ups and government agencies, including the FBI. All right, here we go. Alexandria Hoff is live in Washington to tell us more. Hey, Alexandria. Hey, good morning. Yeah, the Biden administration is standing by their message that Twitter is a private company and therefore able to make their own decisions about content that the White House was not involved with. But as these Twitter files released by Elon Musk have been sorted through by journalists, a light has been shined on Twitter's relationship with federal agencies. Writer Matt Taibbi shared this, quote, After January 6th, internal slack showed Twitter executives getting a kick out of intensified relationships with federal agencies. Here's trust and safety head Yoel Roth lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to conceal his very interesting meeting partners. Now, that screenshot attached shows Roth noting to a colleague that coming up with covers for who he'd been meeting with had become more challenging. An anonymous staffer replies, very boring, boring business meeting that is definitely not about Trump. Winky face. Roth says pretty much. Then, quote, definitely not meeting with the FBI, I swear. Well, the Twitter files appear to prove the joke that he's making there. Here's how the White House's John Kirby responded to questions about Twitter's federal relationships. We aren't directing private social media companies on how to manage their content. These are decisions that they have to make uh, as appropriate. Now, look, we obviously uh, don't want to see, uh, you know, the public square uh, polluted with with hate speech and and disinformation that um, that that's not that's not a good uh, use of uh, uh, the information environment for the American people. Uh, but it's up to these social media companies to determine how they're going to manage uh, their content, how they are going to deliver that content uh, to their users. 
Now, Taibbi has shared that internal documents suggest that Twitter executives not only met with the FBI, but also DHS and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Guys. Thank you very much, Alexandra. I, sure. I believe that was all part of a task force that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Uh, members of the Trump administration. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, Kirby should be ashamed of himself for defending that. But here's here's uh, Rudy Giuliani. Let's take a listen. This is going to get right to the heart of the Hunter Biden laptop. Well, you know, I've been living with this for three and a half years when I f- first put out the information about Biden's bribery in Ukraine. And I lived through that. I got up every morning from the first moment I got that hard drive saying to myself, how can I get this to my fellow citizens? Because uh, you just read a, uh, just a little bit of it. And you realize the candidate of the Democrat Party was a lifelong criminal. And uh, I mean, there are 50, 60 crimes outlined there. And I'm not saying that lightly. I, mean, I spent my life prosecuting criminals. Now, I know crime. I know RICO as the first one to prosecute it successfully. There are several racketeering cases in which Joe Biden would be similar to the head of an organized crime family. He took millions of dollars in bribes, millions. This is, the, this is the biggest corruption case that I can find in the history of this country, and it's be, it was covered up by the major part of the media in this country. And by the way, of course, they the, by the way, Republicans are clearly going to be looking into if that happened or not, because that's, hope, that's top hope, of the list for them, as you heard. I hope they do. And I hope they follow through because I know the pressure they put on you at the very end. And a lot of people have caved like Barr. Uh, Bill Barr caved like a, an empty suit. Do you think that they one. will go through with it or do you think it's but just who, words that they're looking into it? I, I believe they will. I, I, I have great regard for the uh, uh, Republicans in the, in the House, particularly Jim Jordan and anybody associated with him. So these Rudy, are patriots. Rudy, let, me, let me ask you, too, about this, because these this new dump. Do you believe this is criminal behavior when you see this sort of concerted effort uh, by and in some of the emails it suggests, Rudy, that, you know, you see uh, work with the FBI, uh, with the DHS, uh, with the Defense Intelligence Agency, having consistent meetings with Twitter and then they are finding ways to sort of suppress President Trump and other conservatives. Sure, is that sure, you do yeah. believe, why do you believe it rises to criminal? Well, I think it began to be criminal uh, the day that Hillary Clinton p- paid for the misinformation regarding Russia. She paid a million point one to develop a story to frame an innocent man. When that innocent man became the president and they continued to pursue the story, including every one of those January 6th committee member phonies, who were big parts of this, by the way, it's a joke to watch them put out a report on January 6th when they should be in jail for trying to organize a coup against the president. Those are the people who floated the purchased false story of Russian collusion. That's conspiracy to defraud the United States. How many perjuries were committed? You know, this guy Baker, who organized this Twitter thing, he he should have been in jail two years earlier if Barr had the courage to prosecute him. If that guy up in Connecticut that takes 100 years to write out two paragraphs would have prosecuted him. Why were those FBI guys let go? Struck? Comey. Comey committed out now perjury four times. Yeah, there are so Lied many. By the way, the there are so many questions. Of course, they say they didn't, but there are so many questions. Well, Rita, before wait, I let wait, you go, Rita, oh, go Rita, ahead real quick, Rudy. Didn't, but it's proven that they did. It's not, it's not even a speculation any longer. He lied. He lied about the, uh, 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 the, the entire Steele dossier. 
it's been proven that the Steele dossier was not only untrue, it was created and painful. Right. And also, by the way, there are reports, that too, it. that they were trying to get him to, to do it and, and that he backed out. So, no, no, I hear what you're saying. I'm not I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is that Comey, of course, says uh, that, you know, he what he was doing was on the up and up. There's yeah, going to well, be a lot John of Gotti. questions. <laughs> yeah, John Gotti said he was innocent, too. I mean, everybody they ever prosecuted said they were innocent. I, I rarely have prosecuted a guilty man. Let Even me, though a um, couple of them were Nazis and a lot of them were organized criminals and corrupt politicians and congressmen, and they all were found guilty. But I mean, of course, Comey says he was innocent. That's a joke. Well, that's why. And, that's and why. By I, the way, I can't wait to see what the Republicans uncover too. Uh, being able to now be oh, able to I get think, records I think these and guys, this is not the Senate. This is not the weak, frightened, except for Johnson and Grassley Senate who could have revealed this, you know, several years ago. I had this whole thing, basically, or let's say half of it, certainly enough to prosecute in 2019. I gave it to Hannity in early 2019, then to John Solomon, then to Mike Pompeo, who also buried it. And you should know that now that he's running for president. And I'll tell you the whole story of that at some point. I'll write it out. And then Barr buried it in January of 2020. And I didn't know that Barr had the hard drive. Well, hopefully it doesn't get buried starting January 3rd. Um, Rudy, before we let you go, because I want to make sure I get to other areas, too, on this. Um, a lot of important sure. stuff today, Rudy. Um, I want to turn to uh, President Biden really quickly, swapping out the notorious arms dealer Victor Boot for Brittany Griner. Um, I, I want to put up, uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is a meme, of course. And when you see it, uh, it's obviously a little facetious. Uh, here they're quoting Sun Tzu, of course, uh, the great Chinese military general, strategist, philosopher, when conducting a proxy war, trade them their most notorious arms dealer for a basketball player, obviously, uh, being facetious there. Um, But it's an interesting meme that's going around. Um, What do you make of this trade? It's just another indication of how Joe Biden uh, gets people killed. I mean, this guy is going to kill people. That's what he's an expert at. Bout is a is a the merchant of death, you know, that's not just a this guy has produced arms for the worst anti-American dictators and killers in the world. He was an expert that wor- worked for uh, Putin before. And I mean, it's act- actually completely uh, crazy that Biden is giving hundreds of millions to Ukraine to defeat Russia. And then he's giving Russia the biggest arms dealer in the world just at a time that they don't have arms. I mean, this is crazy. This guy is going to be responsible for the death of thousands and thousands and thousands of Ukrainians, probably starting in a few weeks. And then, yeah, and, and you know, you could take this even further. Uh, they cut out, they edited out a handshake between Brittany Griner and uh, and and uh, the boot guy, Victor Boot, and it's true. He's giving billions to Ukraine. Then he's giving Russia back. Uh, their biggest arms dealer, negotiator, at a time when uh, they need more weapon to procure more weapons. It doesn't make any sense. And, of course, Trump weighed in on this and said he had an opportunity to make that a trade for, for Whelan at one point. He didn't do it. That this guy, uh, Victor Boot, is a real dangerous man. And... Uh, and you know, and we know what a what a corrupt laundering mess Ukraine is. It's just that that's not even a war. 
with a strategy. That's a game being played to finance politicians' pockets. To me, that's what's going on there. The result is always going to be a foregone conclusion. But at what price, too? Because China right now is buying, uh, has agreed to buy Saudi Arabian oil using the yuan. <laughs> that's going to crush the dollar value. That's one. Number two, um, India has agreed to buy all of its oil from Russia. Meanwhile, uh, there's new studies coming out that wind and solar represent a fraction of the energy being utilized in Germany and elsewhere in Europe where their energy uh, supply is still coming from fossil fuels, but they've cut fossil fuels out. So people are freezing. People are, uh, the prices are really high because the demand, artificially the demand is exceeding the supply. So the, the globalists have their agenda and it's to basically weaken the middle class and crush the middle class into submission and to make the middle class dependent on government. That's what's going on there. Here's another report talking about Matt Taibbi. Hi, Neil. Yeah, we're expecting at any moment, really, any time today, that next installment to come out. And it's going to pick up where writer Matt Taibbi left off yesterday, where he digs into the period of time between October of 2020 and January 6th. Taibbi highlights off the bat the decision to remove then-President Trump from the platform. Now, according to internal communications of the company, he shared, it doesn't come down to a singular tweet or day with one executive writing to another that the removal was due to actions by Trump and supporters, quote, over the course of the election and, frankly, the last four years. Taibbi suggests that the framework for a ban had long been set. Now, another big takeaway from this latest drop is how Taibbi showcases that a very small group of senior executives at Twitter began to operate like a Supreme Court of sorts issuing content rules on the fly, while also regularly meeting with federal agencies. That includes Yoel Roth, the company's former safety chief, who played a critical role in suppressing the New York Post reporting. Taibbi shares, quote, This post about the Hunter Biden laptop situation shows that Roth not only met weekly with the FBI and DHS, but with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Now, earlier this week, uh, excuse me, writer Barry Weiss revealed Twitter's efforts to suppress prominent conservatives, including blacklists that reduced their visibility. This has led many to think back on when former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey testified before Congress, assuring that censorship and shadow banning was not taking place on the platform. Weiss relayed that what others may call shadow banning, Twitter referred to as visibility filtering. She said that's about the same thing. Neil. So you heard that. Now, I wanted to get to this one before we run out of time. John Ratcliffe uh, talking about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop and a bunch of other stuff. This just came out uh, late yesterday. Uh, As you saw in that clip, uh, I was very clear on that uh, position about the Biden laptop not being Russian disinformation. But it's important for viewers to understand, Maria, that when I said that, 
I was speaking as the DNI. I was stating the official position of the intelligence community. Um, that position has never been changed, even uh, to this day, uh, because, of course, uh, the laptop was not Russian disinformation. Um, and so that remained to be clear uh, and uh, and it continued. So. Uh, with regard to the Twitter files, and I saw this reference to uh, meetings and with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, let me be equally clear. Um, the, uh, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence would have only been authorized to participate in Trump National Security Council approved and coordinated process for uh, election security briefings to groups of private companies. So it would include companies like Twitter, but many other companies, YouTube, Microsoft, uh, as well as state election officials to talk about threats. None of those meetings, but Maria, would have had anything to do with content moderation, much less anything to do with uh, specifically about uh, the Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. So there never would have been any authority or reason for anyone uh, within the intelligence community to be saying anything otherwise. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's pretty clearly stated. And uh, in looking at the Twitter files, I did look and see in Matt Taibbi's substack where he said that there were weekly meetings between the FBI and DHS. Uh, and Twitter. And I know there are whistleblowers that are saying that as well. But Matt Taibbi also says there was only one reference to my office uh, and someone liaising with my office. And I assume that that I certainly hope that that was part of the National Security Council approved process for election security briefings. So what you're saying is the Office of Director of National Intelligence never tried to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story and the evidence found on it of influence peddling. No. Uh, and for that matter, uh, Maria, no one should have been. Listen, from, from October uh, 18th, when I was on your program and stated the official position of the intelligence community, and then the Department of Justice and the FBI stated uh, in agreement the position of law enforcement, nobody should have been saying anything to the contrary. Um, to Twitter or to anyone else. Uh, you know, that includes former election officials, that includes reporters, uh, and, and those that engaged in any process to say that there was any ambiguity with respect to that were engaged in election interference and a disinformation campaign to mislead uh, the American voting electorate. Let's talk about this story overall. You know the players better than... By the way, the four main players involved with Twitter was Jack Dorsey, Parag Agrawal, uh, Vijaya Gatta, and Yoel Roth. And, um, and, and so what John Ratcliffe is saying here is he's saying that the, the official word was that it was not Russian disinformation. So the fact that Twitter is meeting with FBI officials who were suggesting that, that it was, were engaged in an election interfering. That's a crime. That's, that's pushing out false information to actually rig an election. And you're being paid by the government. The only reason why you have credibility is because you're working on behalf of the government. So this was not from the top, but this was somewhere in the middle. Christopher Ray said he took care of this, but he didn't, and he should be fired. And so when the House gets the keys to the kingdom in the House, 
I think you're going to see this being one of the number one chief among us investigations. And it's got to be. And then Mellish. And, and by the way, the impact that this is going to have on future elections, no more mail-in balloting, no more ballot harvesting. Um, I think the gloves are going to come off. And I think we're going to see what a rigged system we have. And that there's going to be a lot less censorship, hopefully, as a result of this. Um, there will be new laws that will give the victims of the, these crimes um, a, a, a retribution or a recourse in, in the court of law to where we could sue somebody. They're going to probably have to hold these social big tech companies accountable to the Bill of Rights and the uh, uh, Constitution. Um, they're going to have to make some serious changes if we are ever to believe in our, our media, our social media, and our elections. These things, the way they've decayed because of the radical left, are destroying our country and it's tearing us apart. And that's probably something that they are not concerned about so long as they uh, prop, uh, gain power and the riches that come with the power. Jim Baker is someone that you followed closely when he was the general counsel at the FBI. Walk us through what Jim Baker has been doing. And is it any coincidence after pushing this Russia collusion lie, he gets the top general counsel job or the deputy counsel job at Twitter after being pushed out of the FBI? Well, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. So, you know, very quickly uh, to your viewers, Jim Baker is the person who was involved in writing an exoneration memo for Hillary Clinton, having classified information on her server before the FBI ever interviewed her. Um, he's uh, uh, the person who hand carried information from Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, into the FBI, false information about a a, a relationship between the Trump uh, between the Trump campaign and the Alpha Bank, Russian uh, Alpha Bank. Um, it continued on um, with him trying to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump after Donald Trump fired Jim Comey. Um, he was involved in the leak investigation involving Jim Comey that was the subject of the FBI inspector general. It, it continues. In each of these cases, Maria, Jim Baker was working and taking actions that worked to the favor of Hillary Clinton or Democrats or to the left and uh, universally working to the detriment of Republicans, conservatives and, and Donald Trump. And that was all before he got to Twitter and got involved with suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, what's important about this, Maria, is he was at the FBI when the FBI obtained Hunter Biden's laptop. He would have known that the FBI was able to, in short order, because of the emails that were on there, uh, right. know that this was not Russian disinformation. Um, and so, um, you know, I don't think that Twitter just happened to... Um, uh, you know, find his resume on monster.com. Uh, and I think what one of the things that, that needs to be determined is what was his relationship with Twitter before he got to Twitter? And was he sharing information as the FBI general counsel, uh, uh, you know, to the, to the benefit of one political party to the detriment of another that then continued when he got to Twitter? Yeah. That's got to be how he, he got his, uh, that's well, got to be how he got his, his job. That's how he got his credibility with Twitter. 
deposition, right? I mean, you, you took his deposition while in Congress. And, you know, you say that the DNI was not suppressing information, but the rest of the uh, apparatus in the government was. The FBI, okay. uh, the DOJ meeting with social media to say, oh, this is likely uh, a part of the dump from, from Russia. So what happens now? How, how do you, un, you know, undo this abuse of power? Well, there's no question, Maria. So this was, as I said, this was a domestic disinformation campaign. It involved uh, Democrats like Adam Schiff on the uh, you know, House Intelligence Committee. It involved uh, members of the media. It involved, uh, you know, according to FBI whistleblowers, uh, FBI agents. And it, of course, involved Twitter uh, and all of these working in concert, putting their not just thumb on the scale, but entire hand on the scale to mislead uh, the American people uh, in the weeks and months preceding a presidential election. And, you know, to this point, you know, one of the questions I have is, you know, it was reported that when I was in Congress, Twitter was shadow banning me as a conservative Republican. Did that continue when I became the DNI and was putting out the official statement? As you accurately said, Maria, this whole thing was the suppression of the truth and the amplification of lies uh, to mislead uh, the voting public. And to that point, that's election interference. And, um, you know, private companies like uh, I keep hearing that, well, Twitter's a private company. They can do what they want. Uh, that's not the case, Maria. Anyone, even private companies, can't engage in conduct which yeah. is fraudulent in nature, intended to interfere with the free exercise of voting rights. Uh, and private company CEOs can't go to Congress and lie under oath. And very clearly, what Jack Dorsey said in the, 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 Twitter, file, the Twitter files reveal, they were censoring um, and he stated uh, unequivocally that they yeah. were not. So he, he needs to be brought in. The last thing, Maria, is Section 230 pr protection for companies like Twitter. They have civil liability protection because they're supposed to be a platform. They're right. not supposed to be engaging in editorializing, <laughs> you know, or suppressing the truth, which yeah. is exactly what they've done. Congress needs to address that. Real All right. Absolutely. And here's two more things before we head out of Dodge here. Uh, one is, for years, fact-checkers have been targeting conservative media. This week, we learned the State Department was funding them. All right? So the State Department is directly involved in funding the fact-checkers that are impacting the truth. That's number one. Number two, um, there's something really big going on in Denmark. No, not Denmark. Bolt, uh, uh, Brazil. Bolsonaro has confirmed that he is the Supreme Chief of the Armed Forces, and they will back the Brazilian citizens. So this could be a military-style coup to take back Brazil. Uh, that is going on right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if something like that were to somehow happen in America as well. Uh, it's getting to a point where a revolution is almost necessary. Well, and that's, the, the, it'll be their upcoming. It'll be, it'll be their, their coming. Um, we're coming. In any case, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who listened in today. Um, check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.